business, sports, entertainment, music, style. You're listening to the Zazpreneurs Podcast, where we showcase the lives of the doers, their journey, their struggles, their inspiration, their hustle, and the grind. Hello everyone, I'm Rohit Thakur, the host of the Zazpreneurs Podcast. For our second episode, we have with us Ajinkya Hange, the co-founder of Two Brothers Organic Farms. Today's episode is a very interesting and inspiring one and more of an eye-opener for the ones who are listening and watching it out there. He's from the banking industry, having worked at banks like HSBC, HDFC and Standard Chartered, having a corporate pay structure ranging from 15 lakhs per annum up to 25 lakhs per annum. But when your calling isn't right, you have to follow your passions. It is then he started Two Brothers Organic Farms. Financially speaking, in the first year, he earned up to 2 lakhs in the first year. Correct. And now at this current stage, he's earning 3 crores per annum. So Ajinkyo, how would you describe Two Brothers Organic Farms? Hey, thanks for having us over. So yeah. Two Brothers Organic Farms is a farm run by Satyajit and me. My mm-hmm. name is Ajinkyo. Mm-hmm. So we both together run this farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a biodiverse, uh, natural, certified organic farm. Mm-hmm. The heart or the core of the farm are the 60-70 indigenous cows we have at the farm. So their dung, their urine is what we use for farming. On the farming side, we are farming on a 25 acre land. We have 14 to 15 different types of crops. Mm-hmm. So the input to the soil, to those crops, is nothing but the indigenous cows, cow dung and cow urine. Apart from that, which is more important than it being organic, is we are planting or we are growing the indigenous variety of the fruits, vegetables, grains, pulses. So what are we growing at the farm? Mm-hmm. It's all of the old variety, the indigenous variety, the seeded varieties, which have mostly uh, become heirloom now. Mm-hmm. And since their immunity is good, they can withstand extreme temperatures, uh, drought temperatures, extreme hot climates. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how Two Brothers Organic Farms is all about. How would you describe organic farming basically to the audience? For those so who don't simply, understand the difference between normal farming and organic farming. So simply put, organic farming is a kind of farming where you are not using chemicals. Mm-hmm. So you are not using urea, you are not using any insecticides, no pesticides. You are not administering chemicals in any form to the soil, to the plant, in terms of foliar sprays or in terms of you know, direct to the soil. Mm-hmm. So if you do not use any chemicals, if you do not use urea, you do not use the other general chemicals in the market, mm-hmm. then what is your source of fertilizers for the soil? Mm-hmm. It then comes down to using natural fertilizers. Mm-hmm. So we do not use any earthworm you know, compost and all. The only source of fertilizers we use is the indigenous cows, dung and urine in the form of a microorganism slurry. Mm-hmm. So to describe organic farming, it would mean a kind of farming in which no chemicals are used. So I think here, coming from the corporate background and having so much knowledge of organic farming, how did you get this knowledge? So it all started with interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no agri degree. We are not BAC agrees or MSC agrees. Mm-hmm. We have no agri credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did our MBAs and we work in a banking sector. Mm-hmm. But we had an interest towards what's happening in the farm. So when we remember, when we were small, we had sugarcane in the farm. An acre of sugarcane gave us close to 70 to 80 tons of output. Mm-hmm. And we were seen that each year that output was decreasing. So from 70 tons, it was dropping down to 60, 50. So it all started with a single question as why is this output decreasing? Mm-hmm. And then that got us to an understanding that as a farmer, you are not growing a particular fruit or a vegetable or a pulse or a, mm. a crop. You are actually farming on the soil. 
you should be increasing the fertility of the soil mm-hmm. so that got us to the understanding that the soil is a main uh, medium as a farmer that you should be working on mm-hmm. so that got us to the next question that what is soil so soil is not just your stones and mud and mm-hmm. it is also about the microbiology in it so more the microbiology in the soil the better the fertility of the soil the better is the plant health that grows on that soil its immunity is better it can withstand pest attacks it can withstand insect attacks and in turn the fruit quality or the crop quality of what are you growing on that on that soil mm. is good so, so basically most of this was self education and experimentation to get to this knowledge super so yeah most of it was self education mm-hmm. so when we started farming we visited a lot of farmers across maharashtra across gujarat across karnataka wherever we found good sources of farmers we went on the farms we saw the kind of farming they were doing we learned a lot from them so if you ask us today i think it's three or four good farmers that we've derived a 80% or 90% of our learnings from mm-hmm. apart from that yes you know using social media youtube videos uh, trying to understand from google mm-hmm. how all of this you know comes in a lot of books from people who've done work in this sector we've been reading upon so it's been purely self education with books uh, with practical visits to farmers with social media and a lot of experimentation happening at the farm mm-hmm. we first purchased close to 16 cows mm-hmm. and we had built a gober gas for them mm-hmm. a methane gas plant so now one thing is that your indigenous cows dung and urine is good for the soil mm-hmm. so when we built the methane gas plant all the like i mean sharing my experiments mm-hmm. all, all the slurry all the dung and urine is to go into this methane gas and then whatever is to come out is what we used to apply on the soil we did this for a 3 months and we were not getting good results in the farm so in spite of the cows being indigenous in spite of the dung and urine being collected the right way mm-hmm. the output was still not making a difference to the soil mm-hmm. so that's when we understood that you know a methane gas plant because it is enclosed from all sides no oxygen plays through and all this is bacteria the situation out there is anaerobic all your oxygen supply is cut out mm-hmm. so whatever dung and urine that was coming out of a methane gas plant was all anaerobic in nature your aerobic bacteria were dying anaerobic bacteria were coming out and soil does not need much of an anaerobes it needs but in a very less quantity you need more of the aerobic bacteria so then all that methane gas plant or whatever uh, investment we had done 3 mm-hmm. lakhs 4 lakhs 5 lakhs in the initial stage mm-hmm. turned out to be a false turned out to be not good you know mm-hmm. for farming so like this was one experiment this way we had a number of experiments when we started off tell me this was self education easier or a degree would have been more easier for you no i think since we were driven by a lot of passion driven by a lot of interest mm-hmm. so self education in a year's time we learned probably what a degree could have taught us in a four years time mm-hmm. so much more than that plus it was practical mm-hmm. plus our money was at stake mm-hmm. you know whatever little we had earned from the job that we were doing all of that was at stake so uh, no learning like this so we used to be up all night we used to be up in the farm if things don't work the right way we were applying our heads to it you know why isn't this working in mm-hmm. a way that we expected to what was your first thought back then you know decided to quit the corporate industry and to follow your passion what is that first thought in your mind not in people's mind but in your mind So it happened very gradually. Mm-hmm. We were studying even while we were doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. Most of our time mentally in the later stages was being engrossed into these activities. You know what's happening at the farm? How is this crop behaving? What are the market prices? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we go about a particular project at the farm? Mm-hmm. So it was a very gradual process. The realization was later that you know this is what we interested in. Over mm-hmm. the past six months, over the past eight months, we only thinking about the farm. We only thinking about the soil. Mm-hmm. So we were already convinced by the time that first thought came that you know to do quitter jobs and get into farming at some stage we were already convinced that you know, this is where anyways in the past 7 8 months our energies are going into our thoughts are going into our time is going in and this is what we love mm. so 
I mean, just let's do what we love. This was the kind of a realization that dawned onto us. Nice. Having spent eight months in this. Very interesting. Our podcast, your inspiration. Speaking of earning three crores per annum, there is a misconception in people's mind regarding farming and its earning. So, how much of it is true, and how different was it for you? When we started farming, mm-hmm. the first four years we were into losses. Mm-hmm. So, when we started farming again. The intent was never to market the products. Mm-hmm. We got into it for the love of farming. So we were working on different crops. We had bananas, we had papayas, we had all the khari rabi crops. We had sugarcane, pomegranate. We had planted different different types of crops, and we were selling it to the market at whatever the market rate used to be. You know, mm-hmm. the agriculture produce marketing companies (APMCs). Mm-hmm. So we used to get it to the nearest APMC and sell it to the market. First year we went into a loss. Second year also we went into a loss. Third year also we went into a loss. So we understood that you know selling as a farmer, what do you produce? Selling it to the market, mandi, is is very difficult to survive. Even your expenses sometimes do not come out most mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Once in a four years, once in a five years, a particular crop might you know get a bumper rate mm-hmm. and a lottery kind of rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for onions, you, you often hear, but then on a consistent basis, this does not happen. Mm-hmm. So for the first four years, we were into losses. And the food that we were growing was of an indigenous variety. Mm-hmm. So we had papayas. Mm-hmm. Now the normal papayas in the market are seedless. The ones that we had grown at the farm had seeds inside. Mm-hmm. So it was a very sweet variety. Now this was not a fruit that was available in the market. Mm-hmm. Now growing all this organically, all these fourteen, fifteen crops, we had to go and sell it to the same place where you know chemical food plus the normal grown agriculture produce was being sold at. So from the fifth year, we said, let's start uh, taking this to the customer. Mm-hmm. Let's explain to them why this food is different, why this crop is different. So then we started with the seven fruit cart vendors in Pune on the tar on the roads on the mm-hmm. roadside. Mm-hmm. So for the seven months, we were supplying to uh, seven eight fruit cart vendors, and we were also standing out there with them uh, and explain to the customer that why this papaya is different, why this pomegranate is different, why this banana is different, and selling it to the customer. Mm-hmm. So we did this for a uh, seven months. To be specific, in papayas, the market rate was whatever four rupees, five rupees a mm-hmm. kg. When we started selling it to the fruit vendors on the road, mm-hmm. we were selling it to them for fifteen rupees. They were selling it to the end customer for twenty-five, thirty rupees That's per right. kg. The mm-hmm. papaya. So from there, we got a good rate, you know, mm-hmm. better than what we're getting in the market. Mm-hmm. And then somebody from Starbucks had happened to try our stuff out there, and then they invited us uh, to keep our products at, at the malls. And then slowly, the financial part of it started making sense. Mm-hmm. So none of this was planned. None of this was thought and done. It was just whatever situations were coming to us, we were kind of finding a way through it. You know, mm-hmm. let's get a better rate anywhere we get it. Mm-hmm. So whether it is at the roadside, whether it is at a mall, whether it is at a small society, wherever we got an opportunity to go and sell, we started doing it. And then from here, gradually we started uh, attending markets, mm-hmm. organic markets, markets that preferred only organic farmers. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started getting customer base, and then slowly, slowly, uh, financially, it made sense. So when you say that in the market the papayas were seedless and what you were selling were with seed, so what exactly is the difference? So there are differences on both sides, on the farming side and on the consumption side. Mm. On the farming side, when you grow the, the hybrid variety of the papayas mm. or the modern variety of papayas, mm. which are seedless, there each tree is a female, each tree bears a fruit. They all self-pollinating. Mm. When you grow the indigenous variety of papayas, you have a male-female tree system. The males do not bear fruit, so then and there your production as a farmer drops down to 50%. Mm. The fruit setting will happen naturally through honeybees coming in and cross pollination. So on the farming side, there's a difference because mm. you've got male trees and female trees naturally bearing fruits. Mm. Your production drops by 50%. Mm. On the consumption side, the sweetness is more. 
in a seeded papaya mm. as against a seedless papaya which is better for the consumer for the consumer of course the desi variety the seedless there is a lot of studies which say that the seedless variety is in fact harmful to the health mm. so a lot of fruits like grapes they were seeded before and are seedless now mm. papayas they were seeded before and are seedless now mm. so like this there are very many fruits that you know, the food itself is wrong mm-hmm. which you should not be consuming mm-hmm. now on the other side on the farming side also this will attract less pests less insects the desi variety mm-hmm. the indigenous variety mm-hmm. the hybrid variety or the modern variety mm-hmm. will attract a lot of pests a lot of insects a lot of fungal attacks mm-hmm. and you've got to spray more on them mm-hmm. so you in turn you're using a lot of chemicals on them you're using more pesticides more insecticides mm-hmm. more chemicals you're using less chemicals less pesticides less insecticides now all of this eventually gets into the food mm. so as a consumer when you consuming a modern variety of any fruit mm. naturally there's bound to be more chemicals in them mm-hmm. as in the form of insecticides pesticides virals so all of this on both sides it makes more sense to grow the desi variety and for a consumer to consume the desi variety do follow us on facebook and instagram at zazpreneurs when it comes to organic farming first it sounds very interesting and second it sounds healthy from the consumer's point of view also So, how much percentage of organic farming is done in India? I think it it will be very very less, hardly a two percent, one percent, three percent, not more than that. Also, because to farm organically, what's lately happened is everybody uses a modern variety of seeds. Mm-hmm. So, when I'm growing the modern variety of seed, in itself it has a very low immunity. So that calls putting more chemicals in the soil, administering uh, more chemicals in the soil, or using more insects, uh, insecticides, pesticides when they're infected. Mm-hmm. So, a reason to this is also because the seeds have changed mm. so now we using the modern seeds modern seeds do not have a good immunity as compared to these indigenous uh, seeds mm. so they need to use chemicals arises today's world is all about job stability career stability financial stability in an earlier interview of yours you all were asked this question log kya kahenge you know in reference to you switching from the banking industry to the farming industry and uh, your brother satyajit responded it in a very interesting manner and i got fascinated by his answer so i like to quote him on this he said the work that you are doing is so loud that people's voices are inaudible so tell me this what were people's opinions back then and how has it changed now super so when we decided that you know let's quit our jobs and get down to farming full time mm. uh, nobody was very happy with it mm. nobody at the uh, at the at the house uh, no friends so nobody was very supportive about it mm. in fact our father used to say that you know i've got all the best education mm. you all have got a good uh, experience with you all have worked with mncs with good banks mm-hmm. you also in fact go abroad so for him that meant evolution going to a western country doing a better job mm-hmm. so and coming back to the farm from a city coming back to a village and doing farming was not evolving it was devolving mm-hmm. kind of a thing mm-hmm. so it was the mood it was general response uh, back when we decided to quit mm-hmm. but yeah in the past few years with the kind of work we doing it's been very good we've had close to a uh, 20 different foreigners from a uh, 14 countries from us italy france germany that have come over and stayed at the farm mm-hmm. so yeah you know in a position wherein we could have gone out to work to another country somewhere else we are having kind of the world coming to us working on the farm uh, that's you know, pixel that's pixel i also believe that farmers from all around the country are coming and learning about organic farming from you correct So the government of Maharashtra, the Department of Agriculture has a wing called as Atma ATMA. Mm-hmm. So they've been sending a lot of farmers to us, bus full of farmers to us every now and then, mm-hmm. wherein we share our practices with them. Mm-hmm. So we've had farmers from Maharashtra, Telangana, from Karnataka, 
uh, from a lot many places in, in fact all over the country that have come that have been coming over to the farm mm-hmm. so close to 6000 farmers till now and then we've been sharing our practices sharing the farm with them so it's been a wonderful experience you know whatever experiments we've been doing earlier at the farm which have not worked for us we make it a special point to share that mm-hmm. because we've lost money in that there's a lot of learning in that so with whatever has worked for us we also share what's not worked for us mm-hmm. the experiments that we did that did not work So, you know, it's wonderful. Speaking of his experimentation that did not work. Apart from those, what are the struggles in this industry, and how did you cope up with them? So, in this industry, there are a lot of struggles. One is the social stigma associated with doing farming, hmm. getting back and doing farming. Hmm. That, like I said, like devolving. Hmm. You know, nobody considers it as an evolvement. So that is one. Apart from that, there are practical problems to it. Like, for example, as a farmer, I like I said before. It is very difficult to get a good rate for your produce. Mm. Whatever rate you get at the mandi at the market, mm. it is such that it is difficult to be sustainable. Even your expenses do not get covered. So that's a very practical problem. Along with that, you have the natural problems. Like in our area, it's a drought-prone area. We have very less water. Mm. Sometimes, you know, this all of a sudden there's an ice fall. Uh, at times there is less water. At mm. times there is extreme. There's more water. Mm-hmm. There are fungal attacks. There are viral attacks. When a cloudy atmosphere comes. Uh, we growing pomegranates a lot of other farmers next to us going grapes so a lot of spring happens a lot of chemical uh, foliar sprays happen mm. so there are challenges on all fronts on the market front on the natural front with the nature the species the varieties of fruits that you growing mm. they not having a low good immunity so it's challenges from all fronts but how did you cope up with them was it earlier failures and you learn from your mistakes or did you know what to do did you seek help from others so uh, whatever situation you are going through you are always trying to find a way through it mm. so there was no one specific plan or one specific action about it mm. but whatever you are facing we are trying to find some way through it like marketing i, I shared mm. you know if on the road we sold on the road mm. so same with the seeds we went around a lot of farmers so just to make it a little more scientific we understood that you know monocropping is not good planting only one crop you know this one acre only of pomegranates this one acre only of bananas mm. This one acre only of sugarcane mm. is not the right thing. Mm. So planting a monocot and a dicots together with as many as crops as you can. So it could be ten crops in one acre, twelve crops in one acre. Then they work symbiotically with with each other. Mm. So we found answers at every stage with every challenges that we face. Mm. So it's just about being there and trying to find answers with whatever little resources, whatever little knowledge we could get our hands on. Stay tuned. You spoke of selling with the fruit vendors on the road. Then Star Bazaar saw your product and they picked you up. How much do these vendors and retailers help you in the process of reaching out to the consumers, or do even they create problems for you? So when you don't have a customer base, any platform is a platform. Hmm. So even if it's sitting on the road, standing on the road and selling, hmm. you're still meeting customers. You're talking to them. Yeah. It still gives an opportunity to explain to the customer what you're doing at the farm, why your fruit is good, how it is grown. Hmm. and the quality is about it mm. so when we started off that was a platform mm. the malls gave us a better platform but with the malls what happens is that they believe a lot in grading system mm-hmm. so they want all your pomegranates to be of a particular size you know only 300 grams only 250 grams plus they want it to be very good from the outer side so no patches no blots uh, on the fruit so then it becomes difficult for the farmer mm-hmm. so even when we are working with these uh, retail chains only 30% of our produce is going to them mm. because of the kind of a grading system they have mm. and then 70% of it is going back to the market so each had its own challenges they gave us a platform but then it came with its own challenges mm. so like we had to keep finding our way through okay all this 
So what is going on for you right now? So now we have 14 to 15 crops to the farm. Mm-hmm. We are selling it. So we have papayas, we have pomegranates, we have bananas, we have tur dal, dal and rice. Mm-hmm. We have chana dal, moong ki dal, we have sugar cane, we have udit ka dal. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of drumsticks, your drumstick tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, from which we making moringa powder also Asha. and we selling those sambar uh, those sticks mm-hmm. so like this there are on a 12 to 15 crops that we growing at the farm rabi crops we got emmer wheat is an old variety of wheat which is very less on gluten which has a very low glycemic index as compared to the modern variety of wheat mm-hmm. now this we are selling direct to the customer most mm-hmm. of this through our online shop through our distributors through the retailers that that we tied up with so consciously now we've tied up with a lot of retailers that sell or that prefer to sell only organic mm-hmm. so we're not selling through the malls also we're selling through any shop that is selling only organic in mumbai in pune in bangalore so this is a present situation near the farm does not selling through malls affect your customer base so malls like i said it had its own challenge they they believe a lot in grading mm-hmm. they want a particular size of fruit it should look very good from the outside mm-hmm. when you're farming organically that doesn't happen mm-hmm. your fruits will have patches from the out Mm-hmm. they will not be all of the same standard variety same standard size there's bound to be a lot of variation in that mm-hmm. but the malls prefer something that is that looks very good from the outside that is standardized you know, like tennis balls mm-hmm. you'll have all the apples kept on the rack or the like pomegranates kept on the rack mm-hmm. so this is something which doesn't happen naturally you would have small fruits you would have big fruits you would have medium fruits you would have blotted fruits so these fruits appear in a better manner but they might not be the best fit for you in your body as a consumer yeah absolutely to make them appear very good from the outside you've got to use extra chemicals so basically they are appealing to the customers in an aesthetic manner Correct. and not from health no. point of absolutely so it is basically a situation wherein the customers eating through his eyes hmm. so whatever looks good to your eyes you're going to consume that hmm. what is good to the tongue comes secondary hmm. so you know a lot of fruits varieties in this i could get you the desi variety of which you know once you taste it on the tongue it is very sweet hmm. but in a retail chain you're eating it by your eyes you know you're looking at something that is very polished mm-hmm. something that is standard size mm-hmm. so not not everything that appeals to the eye is good for the tongue this is something that the consumers need to be educated about yeah i think a lot of customers a lot of consumers already know about this mm-hmm. a lot of aware consumers know that an organic fruit will be a little ugly from the outside mm-hmm. but the inside is good mm-hmm. and could you give us an insight into amore earth and freshura what are these platforms so amore earth Uh, is a brand through which we sell what we growing at the farm which is mostly grown without any chemicals mm-hmm. so amore meaning love earth meaning soil mm-hmm. so since we had a love for the soil we got into this so all our products come on the amore earth now with this we also had a lot of farmers around our area mm-hmm. that were farming the way when they're coming to us they're learning from us and farming mm-hmm. and then they had the same problem that we had mm-hmm. so they were not getting a good market for the produce you know they had grown it organically there was no market for it mm-hmm. so then Uh, the brand fresh uh, freshura came in a uh, fresh aura freshura mm-hmm. so through that we intend to help farmers that are growing in the right way mm-hmm. and then take the produce under the name freshura to the market and help customers and uh, could you also tell us about the farmers market that is organized by you uh, we are attending a lot of farmers markets one in pune two in mumbai mm-hmm. there is one in pune that happens on uh, second sundays and third sundays of the month mm-hmm. it's the name of conscious community market okay that is one market that we are a part of mm-hmm. and uh, it's a not for profit community initiative mm-hmm. it's it's a group of people that have come together and formed this mm-hmm. similarly in mumbai we had a lot of people uh, with the same line of thinking same interest groups wanting to do something on organic food side on the organic farming side mm-hmm. eco friendly sustainable environment friendly so 14 15 of us have come together and formed an initiative called organic we 
through which we run a market on every saturday at dadar mm-hmm. at the five gardens next to uh, pasi colony mm-hmm. so these are markets through which we intend to help farmers it's a not for profit initiative so mm-hmm. you aren't charged much farmers can come in organic farmers and sell their stuff and the customers are there and if people would like to buy your products online how can they reach out to you so we have a shop online the url is www.twobrothersindiashop.com okay you also am available on amazon mm-hmm. they can come there and directly purchase from the shops i have one main important the biggest question of them all i would like you to give a word of inspiration to our audience who are stuck in the corporate structure who are unable to pursue their passions and dreams for various reasons a word to them to explain what was this journey for you being in the corporate structure and that difference from now doing something on your own super so this has been more of an unfolding for us one advice i would like to give anybody is you know you know follow your gut follow your passion and keep stuck to it so there is something we believed in which we called as burning our bridges so once we had left our jobs and gotten to farming we made sure we had no plan b come what may i mean whatever happens we had to find a way through this so yeah i mean find your passion in life and just burn all your bridges let that be the only thing you want to do and 100% you find a way through very interesting i think that's the perfect way to end this episode ajinkya thank you very much for being a part of this podcast thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening in this podcast is brought to you by zaz media a digital agency from pune india we can help grow your business on social media check us out at zaz media stay tuned for the next episode